This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go, hour three on this great afternoon for talk radio. So much to discuss, and uh, we shall. We'll cover off all the bases here in the final hour with our panel. Topics worthy of discussion coming your way in just about 15 minutes' time. Doug Ford is going to weigh in at some point as well. He wanted to respond to... I guess the student's walking out, and uh, so he has his own position on that, needless to say. Uh, well, he's got a position on a lot of things we can ask him about. There's a, a rumor that they also want to put a hard cap on public sector compensation that uh, is running at about $72 billion per annum. And so uh, that's an interesting talking point if he freezes wages, uh, I'm sure. There will be uh, much more havoc than we saw today with students. We're complaining about class size and so on and so forth, uh, if, in fact, they understood all of the implications. I don't want to say that they're actually propagandized or they're, you know, the teachers have been proselytizing, but uh, that is one of the accusations that Doug Ford himself made, and I'm sure he'll reiterate that. We'll pick it up with our panel as well. Uh, The license plate motto thing, we can even ask him about that because some people are upset. He's uh, planning to maybe change yours to Discover to open for business. And I thought, uh, wouldn't one of the first pot shops, didn't they copyright that? We're open for business. We'll have to see again. More legal hassles that uh, are confronting our public officials. Of course, nobody knows that better than our friend Justin Trudeau up there in Ottawa. This thing continues, continues to be an issue. You just heard Jody Wilson-Raybould, that clip as she was going into question period today in a house, saying he should own his part. Justin Trudeau should own his part. So she's really placing the onus back on him. Question is, is it too late? Well, let's find out from somebody who uh, really is in the know when it comes to these kinds of strategies. He's the vice president of public affairs at Hill and Knowlton Strategies and the vice president of the Ontario Liberal Party, Omar Khan on The Oakley Show. Omar, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, you know, is it too late or can Justin still own his part, as Jody Wilson-Raybould put it? Well, uh, you know, in the... You're, you're accepting the the notion that he has something to apologize for, uh, which which I which quite frankly I, I don't I don't accept. You don't. Uh, I don't. You know, look, it, it, I I listened to that phone call between uh, the former attorney general and, and the clerk of the privy council, who's an independent public servant, about three times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, How independent is he actually? The, the the public service in Canada has a long history going back to Confederation. I know, I know, I know. But he sounded like an errand boy on that call. Well, you know, you know, I I, I think what he sounded to me like was somebody who was, uh, you know, as we've heard from the beginning, uh, quite concerned about the potential of job losses. Right. So everybody said, you know, a lot of conservative commentators came out and said, oh, this whole notion of job losses was just fig leaf to try and cover up something else. No, mm. here we have the the head of the public service. You know, multiple times through that conversation, referencing the possibility of job loss. He also referenced the fact that the prime minister is going to get this done one way or the other. So, Jody, get on board. But what he was talking about and when he said that, and you're right, he did say that. But what he was talking about was getting advice from the from the former uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court, Beverly McLaughlin. Oh, really? How did you impute that? I see. I never that, got that. I just heard no, it no, verbatim. That, 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 if you if you go back and read the transcript or listen to the recording, uh-huh. uh huh. That, that's oh, that's he suggested that bringing about. Beverly McLaughlin into the equation, yeah. like you need a second opinion here. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. She said, "No, I don't need no second opinion." By the way, I'm not going to tell yeah. the director of public prosecutions how she should rule. I'm not going to intervene. Case closed. But no, they continue to pester her. That's political interference, isn't it? I mean. Wow. Obstruction oh, it, of justice. It's not, it's not political interference to to rec- to request somebody seek a legal opinion from as respected a jurist uh, as somebody like Beverly McLaughlin on whether or not 
the the uh, the issuance of a deferred prosecution uh, um, arrangement would 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 make sense in that scenario. So to, uh, to liberal really operatives, no doesn't mean no is what you're saying. No doesn't mean no. Well, well I think what what I'm saying is that what they were looking at was. Uh, you know, this this isn't just any regular situation. This is a situation where there was a potential for uh, significant job losses. And yeah, look, there, there there's there's pretty serious allegations against the people who ran this company ten years ago. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the people who are guilty are the guys who are you know working in Alberta or Quebec making fifty grand a year. Uh, so I get that, was, but look, let, let's not stray too far afield here. I mean, the company really does have to carry the can at the end of the day. I mean, that's yeah, where the buck stops. We've, that's, seen differ, we've seen deferred prosecution agreements in the UK that are in the billions of dollars in terms of penalties. Omar, the OECD was investigating this for only the second case, I think, on bribery in foreign lands. That's a pretty heavy uh, condemnation, isn't it? Look, the the OECD uh, can 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 say what they want. I think what what the OECD came out and said was. Uh, that uh, national economic interest shouldn't be a factor. But, you know, you know, I would argue that this is beyond national economic interest. When you have oh. mass job losses of nine or 10,000 know, jobs, th- there's a social economic, there's a so- oh. national social interest. Mm. National look, socialism. Ah, oh, interesting. Uh, national social <laughs> policy, excuse me, national social <laughs> policy interest. At, at the end of the day, if you talk to any liberals, I, I think most of them will tell you I'm not a socialist. Uh, but, but, but at the end of the day, uh, when you have such a potential for negative impact, I think most Canadians would understand mm. that you want to take any, you, you want all the information. But those jobs aren't disappearing, Omar. The argument is those jobs, that, that Jacques uh, Cartier bridge in Montreal is still going to get built by someone and the capital stays in the country. Those people are paid, you know, a wage that they would make commensurate with SNC-Lavalin, if not better. So really, where are the jobs? Yeah, but you know, so we've seen that the company itself put in their presentation to government that they were there was a possibility. I think they listed five thousand jobs moving out of the country. You know, hey, listen, all, let, let's not relitigate this because we this is well trodden territory. I guess what's interesting to me is how we're going to see this thing go forward, if at all. Now, Andrew Shear was on with me last hour, and I asked him. I said, you know, should you at this point pivot to policy and uh, what you've got on offer? And he says, well, no, uh, we have, but yet uh, it's not time to let it go. Uh, he's still uh, clamoring for a public inquiry. And there is that issue if this is going to uh, a criminal prosecution or a trial, there is a great unknown here. Why the director of public prosecutions did not concede that this could be remediated otherwise. She was pretty adamant and fixed in her way, and Jody Wilson-Raybould supported her, that this needs to proceed criminally. Wouldn't you like to know exactly what they've got here that would uh, make them so determined? You know, I, I think I haven't spoken to the director of, of prosecutions, but I think uh, based on what I've heard in the public domain, uh, her her reading of the law uh, uh, was that um, uh, national economic interest, as the OECD said, uh, can't be a determining factor. Uh, but I think there are factors associated with this case outside of the realm of national economic interest that are quite significant, as, as, as I've said before. But look, at, at the end of the day, uh, Mr. Shear met with these guys too. So I'd be, I'd be very curious to know, uh, to see any notes that came out of that meeting. What did he say to them? All of a sudden, you know, uh, because it's in his political interest, Mr. Shear seems to be getting, 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 jumping on the bandwagon here. 
but uh, you know, no, he he's been consistent. Well. He's well. He initially called for the prime minister to, re- to resign, and then he backed off. I guess in Jugmeet Singh too with the NDP is saying public inquiry the only way to flush this thing out. By the way, let me ask you. Uh, Omar Khan's with us, vice president of public affairs at Hill and Knowlton Strategies, and the vice president with the Ontario Liberal Party. This strategies part of uh, your gig. The public perception is weighed heavily again you. Even Elizabeth May on earlier saying out west, uh, you know, on Vancouver Island, a riding she represents out there, she says Indigenous people are furious. They feel betrayed. So how do you then massage public perception and uh, get them back on side? Because uh, really, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, their brand, it's on the clock. Yeah, look, I, I hear you. This hasn't been great for in terms of, in terms of brand integrity, uh, particularly you have two very accomplished women, one of whom is Indigenous, uh, um, in, involved here, and then two women who, quite frankly, were, were promoted uh, quite heavily uh, uh, in terms of the government's PR machine when they were appointed into, into the cabinet. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, there, there's a couple of things I think the, uh, the Prime Minister can and should do. Uh, so one is I think he can aggressively move uh, to position himself and Canada and his government uh, at the global forefront uh, against the rise of of, uh, of populism, uh, of extremism on both the left and the right. I, I know you and I talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen this rise in, in, in Europe, in, in Asia, uh, in the United States, and it's seeping in here in Canada a little bit. Uh, I, I, th- I think he can put himself uh, at the forefront of that fight. Uh, and I think that that includes calling out President Trump. Uh, more more aggressively than he already has, uh, and and I think you know at the uh, at the end of the day, uh, talking about uh, the alternatives. Uh, so okay, yeah, you may not agree with how he handled this issue, uh, but if you're a progressive in this country and, and you believe that climate change should be addressed, Andrew Scheer doesn't have a climate change plan. He promised one over 300 days ago, but he doesn't have one. Uh, you know, uh, if you believe in indigenous reconciliation. Uh, here's a government that you may not agree with everything, but they've they've taken some very important steps in that regard in the last number of years. Where is Andrew Scheer? All right, so what you're saying is they can be defenders of certain progressive principles, but I've got to ask you, I mean, how can they be defenders of Canada's values when they've already hurt Canada's reputation internationally uh, by breaching the rule of law, or at least that's the perception, and uh, manipulating things for certain advantages for some companies? I mean, this is where the OEC weighed in. I mean... The rest of the world is watching. Look, the Chinese are watching. They're saying on this Huawei executive who's been detained. Obviously, yeah. the government can intercede on these things. This is our reputation internationally. They've undermined it. Look, you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree on this point. I don't think there was, a, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest any manipulation of the justice system. We're talking about a law that Parliament passed that gives the Attorney General the power to issue a directive and you know a lot of people suspect that law was expedited specifically for SNC-Lavalin they saw this one coming well look did the UK do that and did did the US do that who also have similar laws no no but this was the timing is suspect for a lot of people I mean again we're talking about public perception here Omar that's the point I I guess I I hear you and and, and I understand that 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 could be an issue in terms of public perception but ultimately you know I get back to the point that uh, the the at the end of the day, if you listen to that call, what was really in dispute, what this what this whole issue ended up resting on, uh, was the prime minister's wish uh, that the attorney general seek outside legal advice from a former chief justice of the Supreme Court. That's really what it what it came down to. Anything other than that was really just 
you know, unfortunately, two people talking past each other. All right. Omar, uh, we'll let you go. We'll take that under advisement (laughs) as to the source. You, after all, are the president of the Ontario, vice president of the Ontario Liberal Party. And uh, you're working with Helen Knowlton on strategy. So uh, good enough to know. Thanks for your time, as always. Appreciate it. My pleasure. You got it. Omar Khan, again. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.